We back, baby. We're back, baby. We're back. Hey, just take a moment of silence. I just want to take a moment of silence. Um, this is a very, very special uh, podcast for me this time. This is a very personal podcast for me. I have some legends in the building. I only have uh, one co-host again because this is my my. This is going to be my favorite podcast of the whole uh, uh, show ever. We have Kevin Ross. We have a topic, and we, we have nobody else on this on this building. We have some <laughs> legends in this building. Hey, give me a round of applause. Round of applause, baby. Round of applause. Okay, give me a little feedback. Okay. What's going on, you guys? We are back. How you doing, baby? Um, introduce yourself. Let them know where you're from, um, how badass you are, and uh, what you do for a living. Uh you want me to introduce myself? Please, absolutely, Kevin if we Ross, can. Former professional Muay Thai fighter slash kickboxer slash whatever I can do to get a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say this. I just want to add this too. I just want to add this since we, uh, we're, we're in the intro of this thing. If you don't know who these people are, I know we introduced them, but if you don't know who we are, just go find the nearest bridge and just jump off that <laughs> motherfucker, man. Because these motherfuckers are some cold people. Some coldest people in the game. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Ross here, and we have Ognjen Topic. Topic, where, where are you from, bro? I was born in Bosnia and then uh, moved to uh, Serbia when, when the war started in, in the early 90s. And then uh, my father was actually playing the immigration lottery here in America, and we won it, and we came to America. You got that accent, bro. I know the girls are loving you, my guy. <laughs> I know you just clean up in the game, don't you? Man, you know what I'm saying? But uh, another Muay Thai uh, kickboxing Fighter, yeah, and we have who at the end? Nobody, <laughs> fuck that motherfucker, man. We don't have nobody. We have Bart Simpson in the building. <laughs> hey, Whatever. tell me not. Hey, let's 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 are get on this. this. Why are we doing this? Yo, the start of the podcast. Does really? this that guy look like a black Bart Simpson? Tell me. Don't do this. Don't do this. Does he not? Please be for real. You. On the real Thank though. You for not agreeing. No. Thank you. Black Thank Bart you. Simpson. They said no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, once he's again. Way, he's way too tall and he got yeah. a beard. No. He got a beard. Well, you know, maybe his dad or some like a black Bart dad, <laughs> elderly, whoever it is. Whatever, man. But hey man, we appreciate you guys for coming on the show, man. We're not, I mean, we're just small time uh, you know, podcasters here. You know what I mean? This don't look small time to me. Oh shit, Jason, my fault, man. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> how you gonna disrespect my coach like that, Jason, man? I couldn't hear you, man, because uh, copying still had an echo in here, so I took my damn <laughs> earphones off. And we have, bro, you just spit in, you just spit in some excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, my fault, bro, my fault, man. Can you introduce yourself, man? You know, sorry about that. All right, my name is Jason Park. I'm a striking coach up here in Los Angeles, physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach, and just honored to be here with people who inspire me along my journey. Kevin Ross, Andre Topic. I've I, I seen them from when I was fighting, both on the West Coast and East Coast. It's an honor. It's a pleasure having the show as well. Um, and to, to my left here, like I said, this is Kevin Ross. I know you guys seen that viral video of him kicking me in my damn leg. Um, <laughs> yes, this is the gentleman that uh, disabled me for a whole week. I couldn't walk. <laughs> funny story you know what i mean it was uh training it was like hey man you know what let's let uh kevin ross kick you in the leg i was like um no so i was like guess what yeah right, yeah go ahead let's do it to, so hey, to be fair i tried to talk you out of it you, I you said, did this is the stupidest thing <laughs> ever. i don't want to do this i don't want to do this hey you know the crazy thing about it people don't understand that was the second time actually he kicked me in my leg that oh the one the we first seen one on didn't the, get recorded that the day? first one didn't get recorded that day yes bro 
So he kicked me one time, and I was they were like, oh, he didn't kick you hard enough. I was like, shit, yes, he did. <laughs> I felt that shit through my bones and my in my rib cage, everything. Like he kicked me. I was like, oh God. Then it was like, kick him one more time. So Kevin Ross was like, oh, okay, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the question to ask Kevin is, did he feel remorse? <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even kick him that hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he played bro. it up pretty good. <laughs> he was doing it for the gram, trying to get some views. Uh, man, you know. it's the first time I've ever been viral. First time I've ever been viral. It's going to be the only time, too. Yeah. Unless I, uh, uh, until I beat you up. Bro, I'll whoop you out. Bro, right. I'll kick your ass, bro, for sure. Uh, Chris, can we uh, move <laughs> to the next thing? I'm not even entertaining this guy right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, we do. We usually do classic fights on the podcast, but we decided uh, that we weren't going to do our own since we had uh, guests on the show today. So, we'll start with you guys. It doesn't have to be MMA. It could be anything. Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, whatever. Um and we'll start with you, Kevin. What was what is your classic fight? Mm, Scotty Ward trilogy. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally watched all of those in slow motion. Really? Uh-huh. Really? Why? What What is it about those fights? Well, um, every, it, that, those 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 fights are really everything to me because they they show the heart that comes with fighting and what it, what it takes when. There's no championship on the line when there's no money on the line, or a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and when it, it was like a throwback to the golden age of yeah. fighting, you know, when 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 that everyone was like that, and that, that's such a rare thing these days. That's fair. So that 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 fight was going on when I was um, just getting started, and I was like, that's that's it, like that's so you saw that I, I like, want to be, that's do. what I want to be, that's what I want to do. That showed me like. Don't matter who wins and loses, you fight like that. Mm-hmm. That's everything. Okay, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't think you were gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. said he knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. A great pick. Well, I I wanted to say the same thing. You were gonna say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> just, I can say the same thing. Just so. because of the uh, same exact thing that Kevin said. Yeah. Um, because they both had to uh, overcome a lot in that fight. Yeah. And and the uh, the heart that. Uh, Gotti showed, you mm. know, it's it was tremendous. Um, so I would I would say that I would say the same thing, but I'll also include watching Pacquiao fights, mm. um, just because of his uh, style and his technique, and mm. especially the ones with uh, him and Marquez. Yeah, mm. great fights. And then a couple of the Mayweather fights too, mm. such as the one when he fought. Um, when he got hurt, what was the uh, who's who was that up against? Uh, Shane yeah, Mosley. Mosley. Yeah, right that was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good fight, and that was a great comeback too. Absolutely. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. from almost getting rocked, almost touching the canvas, he didn't allow himself to do that. Yeah. His, his uh, I guess his professionalism or or his experience kicked mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. He held on, and then from then from then he just dominated a fight. Wow. That's, That's a crazy. great fight too. Absolutely. What about you, Jason? Yeah. What is your, one of your classic fights? It can be wow. kickboxing, Muay, Muay Thai, uh, MMA, well, boxing. You know, it's amazing how how similar the answers can be. Ot, I I was gonna say for my first one was, you know, in like part with Pacquiao. You know, when he went from lightweight and uh, on up, but the biggest one was probably when Pacquiao fought Margarito. Mm. To see someone so small fight someone <clears throat> huge, you know, like broke down Cotto, even. Even when he put things inside his wraps, you know, he crumbled a man who was so strong in Miguel Cotto. And to see, 
Manny Pacquiao coming up from such a small weight and just winning not with one big punch, but just constant onslaught and accuracy and changing angles. That was amazing to see. And then probably from the MMA standpoint, I mean, I'm wearing the guy's shirt and sweatshirt right here. You know, when Anderson Silva came into the UFC, I've been watching him probably a decade earlier, but when he fought Rich Franklin, put him in that clinch and just changed the game of the UFC. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I said, I think he's the Muhammad Ali of, of uh, MMA for sure. He's one of my favorite sure. ever to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys saw that 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 montage where they put Ali and, and Anderson together for the yeah. Rich Franklin fight. Mm-hmm. Man, beautiful. Absolutely. Legend of the game for sure. Absolutely. Can, so, I just, can I just make a comment? Absolutely. Of uh, what uh, Jason was saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I cheated on every single math test, <laughs> <laughs> every, every single English test, Damn. pretty much what, wherever I could, I cheated on in school, Yeah. but I'll never cheat in a fight because then I'm cheating myself and especially something that, that I'm uh, passionate about. So I'd never take like performing performance enhancing drugs or anything that's going to help me out. And I was so happy when Pacquiao destroyed, um, uh, Margarito, yeah. especially mm-hmm. for what he did to Cotto. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then after they found out how he cheated, you know, as as a, as a fighter, I don't know how you can ever sleep at night knowing that you won you won something like that, but not by um, uh, you know, not by skill. It was it was by some other kind of force. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, and I was so happy when Pacquiao destroyed him, especially being smaller than him. Yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, and then you know his career went down the hill afterwards. But I was happy to see that. Man, it's crazy, bro. I got a question for you. Off topic, you know, no, no pun intended. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> quick question for you, man. When the last time you got into a fist fight on the like in the street? Man, it was it was a long time ago. Uh, you know, when I was when I was in um, elementary school, mm-hmm. high school, I had a couple of fights there. Uh, most of the times, it was it was guys that was just trying to. Uh, bullying me around, you know. Yeah. Once you stand up, even if there's a group of them, once you stand up, and even if they're uh, bigger than you, yeah, and they see that they can't manipulate you m- mentally, then they always, most of them always back down. Mm. Right. Um. So, I haven't had a fight in a in a long time, and and there was one one incident when I had uh like a street altercation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did end up getting punched, but I didn't end up doing anything. I didn't get a chance to do that because it was broken up. But uh, I'm glad, and this is after I started training as well. Right. I'm glad that I didn't do anything because I've seen uh, a lot of these incidents where professional fighters do end up getting into into an altercation. Right. And they damage the other guy. Maybe the other guy like hits the hits the concrete mm-hmm. with their with mm-hmm. with, with their uh, head. Yeah, you're and done. That's it. You know, it's, he's either dead or or he's gonna end up figuring out who you are, suing you. And I've heard multiple. Uh, uh, times like that where um there was either even some amateur fighters Mm -hmm. who um ended up getting into fights like that somebody ratted them out they ended up having to you know pay not only fines but the person's uh uh, medical Medical bills bills. too that's crazy bro i don't think it's it's not worth it what about you kevin man you i know you're super chill but i just want to say i love this dude man this is one of the nicest hey chris can, i'm looking pretty dark in this motherfucking hey man can you bump me up because i need to be cute in here too i'm next to some superstars you know what i'm saying this is my this is my, my my only this is my only time i can be you know viral and i can share some clout from these can i can i look good too shit man but i'm sorry 
I love this guy, man. I've been knowing Kevin for a little bit, maybe two or three, maybe four or five years, maybe Kevin. Yeah, about four yeah. or five years. And this is like the most humblest. Is that a word? Who said that? That's not, a humblest guy I ever met in my life. I can't even picture you being in a street fight, but when was the last time you ever been in a street fight? Would you say? <laughs> last street fight that I was in with against 12 people holy <laughs> shit what's going on kevin kevin <laughs> why you got people trying to jump you man one against 12 it's just me no me gina <laughs> oh, shit. Kevin, is this the one where you took flight like air jordan yeah oh shit so you and gina and there was two other two, two of my other and you guys were in the street fight with some, well, 12 other people what was that a house party a house party. Okay. No way. Okay. Yeah. Please yeah. tell this story. Please. Uh, exclusive. <laughs> Boisterous Boys exclusive. All right. So it was uh, July 4th, 2003. So this is right right when, right when we met. Mm. And um, we were at a, having a little uh, 4th of July party at, at, at our house, at our mom's house. And um, uh, we was in the back hanging out. And my brother was there as well. Uh -huh. Right? So... One of my friends comes running and he's like, you got to get out there. These They're going to beat the shit out of your brother. I go like sprinting for the door. Gina's like trying to grab him. I'm like, get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just bolting out there. I walk out there. My brother's standing in the middle of this circle of 12 dudes. No way. And I like walked up. I'm like, and I like grabbed him. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And I started like getting in all, all their face. I'm like, I'm going to fuck out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, it takes all 12 of you to pick on him. He had a, he, you had a Denzel moment. I, oh, you oh, yeah. motherfuckers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was like that. Um, yeah, and this was before I started training too, so it's it like I was just scrappy. Okay, kid. okay. So I was like, let's go outside. <laughs> so we walk outside, and um, right, this dude Cole clocks me from the side. Boom! No, drop down. Um, this whole melee ensues. I get picked up. But this one guy, he's like, he's like, here, he's trying to help me up. And I look over, I see Gina in a fight with this, <laughs> chick, <laughs> oh, this shit. chick beating on this chick. Hit her boyfriend, like, pick, grabs her by by the neck and picks her up. And I just go sprinting at them. There was like two dudes jumped up in the air sideways. <laughs> oh no! Knocked him over like a bowling pin. But it was really bad. I, I got my head. There, I was getting kicked in the face while I was fighting these dudes on the ground. My whole wow, bro! Head, so it was, yeah, it was just a bad. That's crazy, crazy, bro. Crazy. Could you imagine trying to like you know in like in a country club or like a bar or whatever it is, and you come and you because he's like they're they're really like humble and 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 you know just they're not like you know big. You know, muscle bound guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Like try to pick a fight with these guys and get murdered, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. That'd be crazy, man. <laughs> no, That'd be crazy. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, as you said, I've always been a very calm person. It, it takes a lot for me to go to that extent because for myself, I'm, I'm like an all or nothing thing. Like, right. Like if we gonna go, we're going all the way. One hundred percent. There's no, there's no shit talking. There's no, there's no medium. No, no. man. So, right. so I'm always, you know, always kind of hold myself cool until it's time not to be cool. Um, so yeah, particularly once I started training and everything, you know, it's like, it's like having a little kid talk shit to you. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. like it, it doesn't become this personal emotional thing where you get like, Oh, somebody, somebody's talking shit to me. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. do something about it. Like th once you draw that line, certainly, but, right. but, but you avoid a lot of things. I think because of that, because of that knowledge, knowing what you can do again, knowing like it's like a child. Right. Yeah. 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 
So I think that 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 helps you avoid some of those things unless you're Joe. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, man. Now, are, are we going to ask Jason? What, the what same about you question? though? I want to ask you. You're a pretty boy. What? You're when a pretty the last boy. Time I was in the street fight. Yeah. Never. I mean, it's Sucker. so long, so Sucker. long ago. Never. I, yeah. I mean, oh, actually, I think when I was in D.C. Right. Uh, I was at a train station. Walking, I think I was walking to. I was going somewhere, walking to the train station. Mm-hmm. So we have these these uh, you know, the place where you pay and you get your card and you get yeah. on the train. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this thing trying to trying to pay for it. Yeah, a dude comes up behind me with a with a knife. Right, and he's poking it in my back. No he's like, way! Give me your wallet. <laughs> Are you serious? Straight up, this is not a joke. Straight up, give me your wallet. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like I didn't I, I didn't understand what was going on. So as I try to turn around, he's like telling me not to turn around mm-hmm. and I see the knife. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So I grab him. There's people like standing around just like watching what's happening. Like, y'all don't, y'all can't come help me. No one's, yeah. gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna do anything. <laughs> so I end up wrestling with this dude, somehow get him on the ground, um, punch him in the face, the knife goes flying. I run away, and then there's a so in the train stations, there's these. It's kind of like an office, but yeah. it has a bunch of windows around it. And Get to the fucking story, Sunni. God there's somebody, damn it. There's somebody inside of it. So they run outside like, hey, what's going on in here? Yeah. And the cops come. I'm already outside because yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if this dude got other people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to get stabbed. Yeah. I'm not trying to get jumped. So I'm already outside. And um, yeah, those people came. But it was just, it was a super quick thing. With the, I didn't even realize homie had a knife until I turned around. Oh, that's crazy. You probably, yeah. and he, he don't even know. You could have killed him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. That's crazy. What about you, Jason? Jason, man. What you think? What, what, when, when last time you've been in the street fight, Jason? You're a pretty boy man. too, man. <laughs> you know? Let's see, let's see. 14 years ago? 21? Jeez. 21. I was in New York finishing up college. And uh, this is probably like, so we were in a bar in, in Midtown and just uh, my buddy and I were like talking to this girl and three guys were just accosting the girl, just putting pressure. And I just said, hey, what's going on? And I just remember someone just hit me from the side. And it was the closest thing that I could do. I just shot right underneath. It's the closest thing that I got to MMA. And then I <laughs> just really kicked. And then it's the closest thing I've ever done to doing a Kevin Ross move in life. <laughs> <laughs> in because the guy just fucking flipped, landed on his stomach, and then, you know, just got in a fight and then just found a way to just get space, get the girls out, and then just continue drinking. But it was uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> continue drinking? You know, drinking? it's like, you know, hey. Koreans, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think it's, it says to what Kevin was saying is, you know, what's you fight? It's like the interest in fighting in the street is not interesting anymore, right? Right? It's like it's it's not on display. It's it's it's, it's too much risk. So you yeah. just, I think, I think that's what you realize also from martial arts is that you know people think of all these things of like discipline and humility coming from these honor kind of things but it's really out of self-preservation as well because yeah. when you train like with kevin ross and orange like they're tough motherfuckers but they don't look it like if you're out on the street then they look nice you know they're not like going to be imposing right but you know there are scary motherfuckers out there for sure so yeah. what's the point it's like taking candy from know a, what anyone can be yeah. it's like taking candy from a baby huh it's all good <laughs> so um it's like, hold up hold up hold up i'm sorry Good. What I'm about not, you? You I'm asked excited. me questions. Oh, my last. Oh, bro. Let me. Oh, <laughs> He's like, let there's too you. many. 
There's for real, man. actually, yeah, actually, for real. <laughs> I was I was a little menace back in the day. My last street fight was in Vegas, bro, at the pool party. You know, uh, drunk dude. For real? Yeah, Vegas cold clocked me. You know, whipped his ass. <laughs> dude, drunk what dude. You, you know do? how it is, huh? What did you do, bro? You know, I I, I clean him up like I'm gonna do Sunni. You know what I mean? <laughs> whipped his ass. It was just I was, I was in line and some dr- drunk dude got in my face. You know what I mean? We got into. Uh, 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 a fist fight. He actually hit me and he broke my orbital orbital bone, and I was fucked up for the whole oh, weekend. Shit. Really? I had a concussion and everything. Damn. But I still whooped his ass. So it's all good. <laughs> How long ago was that? That was like ugh, about seven years. Seven years ago? No. Man, you're the most recent. <laughs> bro, it's I hard being black, baby. It's hard being black, baby. Hey, it's hard being black on these streets. Hey, you see, I'm wearing this bandana on my neck. It ain't for nothing. I'm gangster. I've been. Hey, I got it all. Street cred. You look like but, a, hey. you look like a Girl Scout with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, soon he's showing off because we got some company in here. Soon I will still whoop your ass in the back. That's Just okay. let you know that. That's all right. Um. Let's get into some questions, though, because, you know, like I said, we got some very uh, we're lucky to have these people on the podcast. Um, you guys are you guys are champions. You guys are accomplished a lot in your sport. Mm-hmm. Muay Thai kickboxing. What separates you from other fighters? What 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 makes you special than other fighters? Why are you why do you think you uh, you, you succeed more than uh, the ordinary fighter? Me? Yes. Um, I think for myself, so much of it was just my mindset, my mentality, mm-hmm. my work ethic, you know, um, my refusal to give up, right. I would say, got me through the majority of, of my fights, particularly, you know, the majority of my career, I was going up against people that I really had no business on paper being in there with. Mm. But that didn't mean anything to me. Like, mm. I'm going to give you everything I got till my last breath. And I think that willingness to go beyond where most people quit or where most people hold back uh, always pushed me through uh, in training and, and then that applied to the fight. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, I think all, that just having that mentality and that mindset, um, that willingness to put in the work and that willingness to go beyond what most people are willing to do and right. skill too. But, uh, you know, I never found, I never thought I was overly skillful. I thought I had a general skill set, but, but that just the way that I, uh, my energy, my right. pursuit, uh, that kind of fire, um, really like broke a lot of people. And that was always, I mean, that's where I kind of got my nickname, how that kind of stuck. You know, it was, I, it was me always wanting to go out there to, I wanted to break people mm. mentally, mm. you know, it's like, I want to make you quit. I don't even want to knock you out. Cause anybody can get knocked out. Mm. You have to be the one to quit. Like mm. I will never quit. I know that I have that over you. And I think, you know, that contributed to a lot of my success. You're a scary motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Sometimes. Dang yo. The soul fucking assassin, soul assassin in the fucking building, bro. What about you, my man? I think uh being analytical and and just being able to focus. Mm. Um as far as focus goes, you know, I gave I gave my whole life up for this uh for this sport and I wasn't gonna let anything, you know, stray me away from that. Whether it was um you know, family or girlfriends or whatever other uh, problems that came by. This was the only thing that mattered to me, and this is what I wanted to do in order to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And I'm still not there, and I still have so much more to uh, to achieve. And I don't think I'll ever be able to do that because I'll never be satisfied with what I'm doing. 100%. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. So um, that's going to be an ongoing thing. And then as far as being anal- analytical, <clears throat> like I said, I just look at 
the smallest uh, details. Mm-hmm. And um, I think those are like the building blocks of everything. And um, that's where I think that's something that that's really helped me out and make me stand out because I think Kevin Ross also started late in the sport. Right. So did I at age 18. <clears throat> what, what, what age did you start at, Kevin? 23. 23. Shit, bro. I mean, that's, that's crazy. 23. Um, mm-hmm. I started at 18. And so I, I knew that I didn't have a lot of time, you know, and, and I right. wanted to, I wanted to be something great in the sport. 100%. So then I was, I had to be analytical and I had to focus right. uh, in order to get to that level. That's one thing I learned about being around champions. I think I mentioned this before, mm-hmm. like being around Kevin and being around people who achieved a lot. This the, the, the dedication to the sport, to anything in life. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's not like, it's like they put their whole life on this. This is not like a, you know, some I do, you know, part-time or even full-time. It's like 130%, 200%. Mm-hmm. You dedicate your whole life to your craft. That's why I think I feel like a, they're, they're, that's why they're so successful, you know, where they're at right now. I agree. I agree with that because I found that a lot of fighters, they think that it's a joke. Right. They think it's a game. Nah. This is not a joke. Right. People are throwing elbows at you 100%, knees, head kicks. Like, this is not a joke. And right. People don't, they train as if. It is a joke. They train as if like, oh yeah, like I'm just gonna get in there and fight. No, this person is coming to beat the shit out of you. You better <laughs> yeah. be ready. Yeah. You better be ready. So yeah, I don't I, I agree with you hundred percent. And listen, this this is not something that I recommend people doing. But this is just what I what I chose what I chose to do. And I'm not saying like uh just just for the Muay Thai. I'm talking about to give up most most of everything to focus on one thing, you know, whether, whether you're doing like some kind of career, career job or mm-hmm. whatever that case may, uh, may be. I wish I can quit the sport tomorrow. I, I honestly do. Really? Yeah, because it's so, not only is it taxing physically, but it's taxing mentally on you. Mm. And then there's so many things you have to give up to be in this position and to be, to do something great with right. yourself. 100%. And that's not easy. It's difficult. But I can't, I can't wake up tomorrow and quit because I still love this sport. Right. But I wish I can honestly wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I did enough, I'm okay. Then I can go push that to the side and go on to doing something else. Mm. But I unfortunately I can't because I'm still in love with this sport. Right. And I've been doing this for like 16 years, and I have, and I have the same amount of love for the sport as I as I did when I started, and maybe even more. Damn. I, I love it even more now. You know, because there's so many of those little details um, uh, that there there is to figure out, and um, and then not only that, but I keep I feel like I keep still getting better, you know, right. because I I'm 35 now, I'll be 36 next year in February, um, so I am getting up there, right. but I don't know, I still feel good, uh, and mentally I'll probably s- continue to get better, um, and then eventually physically I'll start going down, but. I can honestly say that tomorrow I, I, I would love to wake up and say, I've done enough. I'm done with this. Damn, that's crazy. That's yeah. Jason, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't know that you also used to fight as well. Um, and now you're, you're a high-level coach for a lot of really great fighters, legendary fighters like, like Anderson Silva. But what, um, when you used to fight, what, what, what led you to the decision – to say like I don't want to fight anymore, and then move into the into the coaching space. Well, to be honest, it's the decision was taken out of my hands. You know, uh, I didn't have the career that these two gentlemen had. I stopped at twenty amateur fights, 
the age of 25 and you know kevin knows this pretty well like um i tore my retina you know in mm. one of my last fights and had surgery tried to come back was helping joe Schilling, our mutual friend joe Schilling, at the yard for his fight the lion fight and you know took another shot tore my retina again and after the third surgery which is pretty invasive you had to put a gas bubble really have to deal with it i said like it's not going to change you know doctor said like you know you were lucky to fight as long as you did so i had to make that transition and it was a tough transition i didn't think it would be that tough uh because you know i had always thought of going into strength and conditioning and becoming a doctor of physical therapy i was already at usc but once you lose that identity of a fighter it it takes you through a toll mm. you know you realize when you walk into the gym i remember the First, I went in after surgery, like going to the yard, going to boxing works, and I realized I'm no longer special. Like people aren't going to make time for me. They still love me, but mm. your time as being a fighter where people will, you know, try to help you by being a pad holder, a partner, that disappears. Mm. And it was only when one of my amateur fighters, Jake Post, he turned pro, and then he asked me to come back to help corner him for his pro debut. And then from there, just getting more and more fighters at Black House, and it led me to where I am today. But I think even back then, what set me apart was just always thinking of trusting your foundation with your lineage. You know, like I started at Boxing Works when I was 15. You know, around the same time, I think Kevin started competing at or started training at 23, like I was 15, and just kept. trusting your foundation with the coaches you have it speaks to what you were saying so you like a lot of fighters think of the short looking for the short answer right quick fixes but mm-hmm. you know believing your your gyms your coaches and then once you have a good foundation it allows you to go out and use your analytical mind to find the answers that you need but you always come back to your foundation awesome uh question for you guys Man, I'm so excited to have y'all motherfuckers, man. <laughs> Damn, I've been waiting for this day. Um, how do you guys handle adversity? You know, you guys ex- achieved a lot of success, but you, you know, you do have losses on your record as well. How do you handle that, you know, adversity when you do loss, when you do lose? Um, I think for myself, I, I was very fortunate. I lost my very first fight, so I had to make that kind of mm. that distinction right away. You know, you 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 have to. We always have a choice, like. Am I gonna take this and get better, or am I use this to break me? Mm. And I was fortunate to have to face it for day one, although it didn't feel like that at the time. But I saw a lot of people go on undefeated, 10, 12, 15 fights, and then when that loss does inevitably happen, it, it broke a lot of people, and right. most of them never mm-hmm. fought again after the fact. So I think one starting so late, you know, that's already kind of overcoming that adversity, and you know, Muay Thai really did save my life and turned turned it all around. And then losing that first fight and you know, always feeling like that underdog starting late and, you know, that, that, that contributed to that mentality. So like a loss and an injury, and I've had <laughs> so many injuries and things like that to overcome, you know, I, I just simplify it in the question, are you going to use this to get better? You're going to use it to get worse. Right. So of course, you know, mentally and emotionally, that that's that's a whole nother story but but when you simplify that decision like i'm not gonna let this break me gotcha go forward and i'm gonna take the lessons that i can because everything can be a lesson wins 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 losses everything in between preach those are just details you know when it comes down to it you got to look at the 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 whole uh journey it's not just this this finite moment in time 
do you hear what he just said? He said, even wins and losses, mm-hmm. everything's a lesson. Preach, my brother. Amen. <laughs> uh, for me, it's just being uh, logical and rational. So yeah. when, you, when, you, when you do lose, you try not to involve yourself emotionally as much as possible. Of course, it's going to happen, um, especially right after the fight the next day. But then you just have to go back and, again, be logical. Ask yourself, why why did this happen? How it happened? And uh, and then you go from there. You you do your best to make the adjustments mm-hmm. uh, that are necessary for you to fix those mistakes. You go back to the gym. You drill. You continue training on. And and then that's it. You shouldn't be able. You shouldn't be making that mistake uh, the next time. And if you do, then it's something else that was off in your in your training mm. or preparation. So for me, it's just being logical about it and and and, and attacking the pra- uh, problem rationally, you know, and instead of uh, emotionally just getting upset, mad, and then potentially quitting, right. like Kevin was, sa- was saying, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's it. All right. Um, you have a question? Because I, I got a lot. I got a whole fucking <laughs> list of questions, bro. I'm ready. Yeah, so. I'm Dominic Cruz. He's, he's uh, DC. Just letting you guys know, shut I can't up. prepare, baby. Shut up. Anyway, um, even no. What about uh no? What about uh my man um Jason? Because you you know, you're, 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 you you coach a lot of fighters, and when your fighter lose, how do you handle that? Because I know it's like family. You know, what I mean, how do you yeah. handle that uh adversity when your fighter lose? You know, I think the biggest thing is it's so easy to look at. You know, your athletes is just an avenue to help yourself, but. You know, I always tell people, like, as a coach, you have many opportunities to to excel, right? But for each fighter, they gave up everything for this. So they only have their, their one shot. This is their one life, one career. And you have to embrace that person, you know, and, and, and really have them focus on the creative, optimistic look of life. I never like to call it silver lining. Silver lining always makes it second. Instead of putting it as, like, a being creative and figuring out how to make this work for you. And find, like, like OT said so well, like create it as a way, as a lesson to be able to find what things to fix physically, mentally, emotionally, and see the big picture. Oh, nice. Nice. Sunny. Um, so I always, I always wonder this as, as fighters are, you know, they, they get past like 10, 15 fights. How, what was the, best experience you had fighting and why and it doesn't necessarily need to be a win doesn't need to be a loss it could be something that happened in the back before a fight or anything like that but what experience through fighting you know was one of the most important for you and why shit (laughs) (laughs) there's just been so many it's hard to uh you know pin it down to one um i've been very fortunate and blessed to have some really amazing moments um, throughout my career so many that you know it's like how do I how do, I, how do you pick one because each one is is different mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons um, probably the the biggest one that that encompassed so many different things with going in with an injury and the, the level of the fight and it was uh, when I had that fight with Tom Hawk Thompson won the world title mm-hmm. you know, um, snapping my rib 10 days out from the fight and oh like, shit you know being laid up in bed for two days not able to breathe or move and you know having to overcome that like I, I, you got a choice to make and you know I, I always look at it that way like regardless of what happened you can't change that you got a choice to make 
are you going to use this to quit? Are you going to use it to move forward? And most of the things I've done, I wouldn't tell anyone to ever do, mm. you know, like you got to be willing to take the, the, what that cost is going to be. And that mm. cost might be your life, yeah. you know, but Shit. for myself, it's, it was always, it was always that like, I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to, to keep going. And yeah, certainly I could, I could have put the fight off and said, Hey, I'm injured. Um, you know, we, we can do it when I'm healthy, but I think after having overcome and gone through so many injuries, you realize that this is just another hurdle, you know, and next time you might have something even worse. It doesn't mean it's going to be better. And it doesn't even mean that thing's going to even play a role in the fight. It's just, it's just an instance, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's going on something for you to deal with. And for myself, again, having gone through it so many times, I always view those things as a a signal, something I'm going to do something great. So I'm like this, giant hurdles right here if i can push past this something great's gonna happen that's crazy Man, and either that way fight, either that way fight is a true fight. <laughs> absolutely either way it's gonna yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna get stronger through this right mm-hmm. the outcome of the fight you know that's important of course but but being stronger um as a result of this and not letting these situations break me down because first it's like a rib and then it's a, a well now now i'm sick now and like we we just continually get weaker mm-hmm. f- for for understandable reasons but we always have a choice to make and, and it's those ones that are willing to push past that regardless because it's hard not to rely on your excuses like oh i got this i got this um uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm poor i'm sick i'm old i'm i'm i'm, uh, I'm injured everybody's got that you think everyone's going in there 100 percent not a chance yeah. you know and the, the ones that are always waiting for this perfect opportunity to happen they don't go anywhere yeah. Facts, if, bro. if you don't have anything to overcome you, you're just not going to make it because everyone's got something to overcome Facts. Wow. Damn, you need to be hey, a motivational kevin, speaker <laughs> Shit. hey kevin on yeah. that fight i remember that's that's always been one of my favorite fights for you i always tell my fighters to watch that fight against thompson and i remember you telling me when we were training one time and you're like in that fight, because you knew you're going in with an injury, you also mentioned that it like sharpened your mind, that your focus was so much more than mm-hmm. most fights. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I think for myself, it's knowing there's like a, a weakness there. It, it heightens all your other senses. You know, it's like it's like when you have your life on the line, you're going to be sharp. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on point and, and you're going to be laser focused. So for myself, whenever there was something drastic, like an injury or a sickness, it made me that much better because I didn't have a choice to make, you know, mm-hmm. it's like when, when you're healthy and everything's good, you, you know, you're kind of a little, maybe a little more relaxed. You can think a little bit more like I'm not an analytical fighter. Like, like topic is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like a fire passion fighter. <laughs> just like mm. goes. So for myself, it's, it's, it's very uh, beneficial to me or, or I found a way to make it beneficial. You know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't tell people to go in there with, with all these injuries like, like I did, but it was, I used it as fuel to help me. Interesting. That's badass. Okay. OT. Um, yeah, anytime I had to uh overcome challenges, those were the mo- those were the most satisfying fights. Um and then also when I won uh I think it was my first title, uh just to look on my coaches' faces was was very satisfying for me because I knew, you know, I made them proud and that was one of their goals. For me, I I didn't really care about it because at that time, I was still trying to just be as best as I can be. I right. knew that, I knew all the titles were gonna come come my way once I was really good. 
Um, so for me, that wasn't really one of my goals at the time. I didn't really care about it, but you know, just to see the satisfaction in their faces, that was, that was a nice feeling. That's crazy. What about fighters pay? Let's talk about a little bit about a fighters pay. Um, we know that fighters don't get the the amount that they should, and uh, it's, a lot of it's not fair. What What do you think is uh, the problem is, and what can you, what can change to make the situation better? First for of all, I, pay? first of all, I see like these guys uh, in the UFC complaining about getting twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> you're complaining about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like my whole career. That's like my whole career's worth. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think I made that much my whole Muay Thai career. Yo, wow, so, wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll just start off with that. So everybody already knows what I, what what we're making in Muay Thai. So, so Muay Thai don't it's, they don't pay nowhere. that they don't pay no, that well in Muay Thai. No, it's nowhere close. You better you better figure out your what you're trying to do uh, outside of Muay Thai, you know, <laughs> right? And uh, and and make money off that. Yeah, I, I mean, un- unfortunately, a, a lot of times when the pay and the exposure goes up, you lose a lot of the fire and the passion i mean mm. that you know you, the golden age of everything boxing mma those they weren't making <laughs> they shit weren't making anything. they were fighting because they loved to do it like you wouldn't do yeah. this and like like when we started out there was no reason to do this people didn't even know what it was yeah it, there wasn't yeah. youtube there wasn't nothing there wasn't social media yeah. like you're only going to do this because you love to do it so everyone you were around every gym you went to every fight you went to you had that connection with people like we all love to do this now is different you know you people have ulterior motives to do it and i'm not going to say that's that's right or wrong but you lose that purity to it mm. so i'm very conflicted on whether i want things to get better and you know i want, I want everyone to make money of course but everything comes with something everything costs something yeah. you know and that's a cost yeah. that tends to come with exposure with money with fame yeah but do you l- think let me add, kevin you, yeah sorry, go ahead kevin, do you think that if you, if you had if you had started making you know, bigger paycheck. Do you feel like that would have ever changed your purity into it? Yeah, that's exactly no. what I was going to ask. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it would, it would, would have been nice, but, um, I think you, even if you don't want it to, I think it might get in there a little bit unless you can find the, the way to f- focus it and channel it. You know, everyone kind of uses things and views things differently so i i don't know it would it would have been different and i mean i've seen the how the sport has changed over time and kind of seen you know the good and the bad that that does come with you know i'm very grateful that to, to see people getting exposure and getting money i'm, I'm so grateful that the sports out there more now but that that does come along with the process mm. sometimes it's crazy jason uh what do you think about about fighter pay from from a from well, a know. coach's standpoint for your fighters well, you know, for sure, I, I want, because like I said, every everybody sacrifices so much to become a fighter. So I want them to make as much money as possible for themselves, their family. But I think what Kevin and OT are talking about, about keeping that purity, that's the hardest part. You know, I always, that's why, I, you know, looking at another sport, I always was admiring Kobe Bryant for his drive, even though he was making so much money. You know, the NBA, you can always say, like, oh, like, they make so much money. They're they're lacking the passion like they had in college. But you always saw Kobe, like, you know, fight for the fans. He's always like, fighting through injuries, being hyper-focused. I think that's what fighters, as they're starting to make more money, they need to 
realize again that their life is on the line, their legacy is on the line. And by working passionately and intelligently, you can make money, but still keep that purity. Mm, thanks. People really have to look inside to themselves. So what, but the, the question is what can change to for these fighters can get paid more because you know, they have to live. They, I mean, I mean, even look at M- MMA. They they make more money than Muay Thai and, and kickboxing. But sure. Francis Ngannou makes six hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot to yeah. us, but it's not a lot to for a professional athlete. You know, like sure. a. I, mean, I don't. Even, think, I don't think that it's that. That's the reason why, though. I think it's the reason why people are complaining about the money is because, in comparison to how much the promotion is taking, right? They feel like they should yeah. be making. So, what money. the question is to get down to the nitty gritty: what mm-hmm. can change to to change the narrative of? For MMA or for or for this combat sports period, well, so it's going to be kickboxing, Muay Thai, and and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think the reason why the pay is lower for Muay Thai for kickboxing is because they don't have the entertainment value. The out the the when I say entertainment value, I don't mean like the fights are not entertaining, but like they don't have the the flashiness, the story, right. all that stuff to go along with it. It's literally just. This is the fight. You're here to watch skill. Right. And that's it. That's a good question, too. Uh, we all we ask this question almost yeah, every yeah, show. Yeah. And I would love to hear you guys' opinion on this, even Jason as well. Yeah. So why do you guys think that MMA, uh, MMA is more popular than Muay Thai and kickboxing? You know, the, tip, the typical casual fan, they want to see up, you know, stand-up game, mm-hmm. rock and sock and robot, blood. <laughs> that's fucking Muay Thai and kickboxing all day to the score. Yeah. It's way more entertaining. Yeah. I could say maybe Muay Thai is more slow, slower pace. Yeah. Depends on the fight. Yeah. But shit, it's it's everything a, a casual fan will want to yeah. see. Well, I want I want Jason to give his opinion because he's coached athletes from all all genres, those sports. So, right. Jason, you you go first. You know, I think the biggest thing because my love is always Muay Thai first. Like that's why I admire these gentlemen so much. But why I focus a lot on MMA is. You know, I wanted to see Muay Thai be demonstrated over there in the UFC, in Bellator. And I really believe, like, a rising tide raises all ships, you know. And I think you see that in one where they're merging MMA and Muay Thai in a cage, yes. small gloves. is because then people can connect the dots. Mm. I think we assume that people will just be able to say, oh, this is punching, kicking. That's all they're doing. We like the sport. But, again, they're drawn to the entertainment. They're drawn to the lights, the talk. But I think you can see, like, as more strikers are going over to these sports, like Alex Pereira just made his jump over to the UFC. Look how much more interest there's going to be in glory, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's the key that I always try to focus on is that rising tide to really raise all ships and make everyone really elevate their game. You that's know, tough. because it's, it's, it's tough, man, because watching these Muay Thai fights and, you know, that's where I came from as well. And, you know, seeing promoters not paying the fighters on time when it's not even that much money, right? It means they're mismanaging and mismanaging as a business. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can say that I respect the UFC is they're really managing the sport as a business. Yes, mm-hmm. I want everyone to get paid more, but you you can see that they're creating an infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. The UFC Performance Institute. I would love to see things created so that more of that money goes to the fighters right and it doesn't have to go to the typical ways that a union buildup will cause problems like i want them to have a union but 
I don't want them to go through the problems of creating a union to protect themselves. Mm. Right. Kevin, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, Lee. Oh, man, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. <laughs> well, I, I think it's it's so easy to forget that not that long ago, MMA wasn't huge. Mm. You know, In this day and age, with, with everything, you know, you forget that, what, 20, 25 years ago, <laughs> you couldn't even watch MMA on TV. Yeah. So Human cockfighting. Everything... Yeah goes through kind of this process and this journey and the, unfortunately there's no magic formula to it other than keep working hard don't give up mm-hmm. and make the adjustments that you need to right. and and you know UFC found their the formula that worked for them but but they were they were bankrupt and destroyed right yep. when that switch happened True. you know when you look at it like that when you look at what it takes to make a great fighter, what it takes to make a great promotion, it's all the same thing, but there's no magic formula to it because what works for you might not work for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of so many different things, the right promotion, the right fighters, the right views at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the right things all need to happen at once. And whenever you try to replicate what somebody else did, usually it'll backfire on you because what they did was different. The time was different. They were a different person. You know, again, I'll say, don't, don't do what I did. Use that as a guide, but you got to do it your own way. You can't, you can't do what I did. Right. It's a different time. You're a different person. So yeah, it's unfortunate and it's, it's easy to complain, but everybody can complain. I mean, like, well, I don't make as much money as the MMA guys do. Well, they don't make as much money as the uh, football players players do, you know? And then it's like, I go watch a, watch this arm wrestling documentary. I'm like, oh man, these guys, like, they don't make anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like Everybody can complain about something. And I just, um, you know, I kind of look at it as each and every one of us is kind of helping things move forward or go backward, you know, and we might not see the end result of, of, of all that hard work, but, but I know I'm helping it get better than where it was when I found it, you know, like when we started, like I said, there was zero money. Crazy. There was negative money. Like we had to pay to fight. (laughs) My dude said it was negative money, baby. You know, so, um, Hey, even now on the, on the pro scene, if you're starting out, you're not, you sometimes have to pay to fight too. You can't, you're not making any money. You got no value. But dude, my second fight, I had to pay to fight. I didn't make nothing. You suck anyways. What's <laughs> up, yeah, I, pay, I paid my second fight. Yeah. Fight. yeah. You know what, I mean? what about you, my man? I think it might just might be something to do with, with uh, the other sports being more mainstream. But then it goes back to what uh, what you guys already mentioned. You know, the uh, the building blocks of that, which it, which was, um, you know, the, the promotion having big backers uh, making more money and then they're able to pay the fighters more and uh, and I don't think Muay Thai has that. Yeah. Um, but maybe one championship when they come to America, maybe that that'll change something and you know we'll see from there. But I I pretty much gave up on trying to make money. There was one time where yeah I, w- I was chasing the money thing mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to um, Glory uh, or. Um, uh, Bellator kickboxing, Bellator kickboxing, um, but it's you know kickboxing is not not anything that I love doing. It's Muay Thai, but I needed to make money, you know, so mm. I had to go after something. But then I just told myself, you know, this isn't uh, what I love doing. I gotta just find out, find another way right. to uh, make money, and so that's what I did. So I know you guys got connections in in um in Thailand and shit, right? Mm-hmm. 
So my, I got a newborn baby. He's 11 months. I need to ship his ass <laughs> off to the man. Because the little Thai kids, them crazy. motherfuckers is animals, bro. Yeah, crazy. I need crazy. to go. I need to. I need to you know breed, breed him to be a real animal. You know what I'm saying? I have uh, I have two questions. One for Kevin, and then and then one for for Jason. But obviously, uh, OT has fought and won before, um, but you haven't. And is there a reason why? And would you have liked to fight in one at some point in your career before you retired? Uh, yeah, it was it was always something that I thought about doing, and uh, was even in, in talks with them kind of towards the end. There, it it just didn't line up, you know. Uh, and again, I love like straight Muay Thai. Like if they were, if they were doing that, um, that was kind of more like a hey, I'll go do it once, but you know, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. So, and again, being at that late stage in my career, um, it, it just, it really just didn't, just didn't pan out, you know, and it wasn't, uh, you know, I think if I was more driven, like I have to do this, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would have made it happen, but, okay. but, but, but things were kind of progressing and going like that. And, you know, I was involved in what I was doing. So it, it just never happened. Before like I said, ask Kevin, it's just timing, right? Timing. timing. Yeah. Before I ask Jason's question, I just want to say I would have loved to see you fight with small gloves. Fuck yes. yes. I would have loved to see that. Fuck you, yes. We've already talked about this on the podcast before. I think you're like top five, one of the hardest hitters I've ever sparred with. Um, <laughs> um, maybe I, even top three. <laughs> my, leg, my leg says the same. My leg says the same, man. But I'm still, I'm emotionally still fucked up. <laughs> Looking right. at him right now, is, I feel the pain in my hips. Yeah, you, you having PTSD over there? PTSD, man. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would have definitely loved to see that and and see how how you would have done with those small gloves. Um, but Jason, for you, um, it's a two part question. One, um, what what were your goals? And desires as a fighter when when you were competing and then how does that translate into how you work with your athletes do you see uh some athletes with the same kind of goals or how does how does the goals that you had influence how you coach uh your fighters i mean man you know i think one of the biggest things when you look back at things is regret right mm. like you regret because you think when you fight that you always have another chance. So every loss, everything that you pass up, you're like, oh, like I, I have this chance in a year or two years. And then when it stops so suddenly at 25, you look back and go, man, I wish I had taken that fight. I wish I've had that chance to do this. I wish I had fought more often. So I think that is always present in my mind is I don't want to have any of my athletes have regret. And that's important to try to find the right fights that will grow them that will protect them like from bad opportunities that might be that might sound appealing because they have more money or or a bigger promotion but you're brought in as the b the b fighter right the b side um because you you want to leave your career with no regrets and you know that's one thing that i've told a lot of fighters i work with is like you know like one working with anderson you know He's a hero. He's someone I watched since I was 15, right? I watched his whole career since he fought in Shudo through Pride. And to have the honor to be able to work with someone who you looked up for so many years and was an influence on your career, to coach him for five years is, is an amazing experience. And the one thing I had to tell him was, like, go with this with everything you have because this is your passion. Some days you might not like it, but 
let me tell you, that's the only thing in life that I have less, more experience from you. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I wasn't a world champion in the UFC. I'm not a legend in the sport, but I retired before you. And I told him, you have to enjoy every moment you have left. And I think I even shared that with Kevin, you know, in this last year. And I tell it to all of them, you know, this is, it's something special to be an athlete. It's something special to be a fighter. So take advantage of it. Live life to the fullest. Speaking of retirement, Kevin, you're retired. When did you know when it was, t- it was time to retire? <laughs> um, it was, well, you know, things, the way things have been going over the, like, like for me, I had like three state, three different careers, you know, my, my first career all the way up until my last fight with Sacadell and then blowing my knee out. That, that was, that's what I view as like my career. And then, um, you know, everything coming back from blowing my knee out to winning the line fight world title and then doing that and then switching to Bellator was like another stage of my career, you know, Mm -hmm. going into the kickboxing realm. And, you know, since day one, I never, (laughs) I never thought I'd have one fight, let alone almost doing this for 20 years. So I always viewed every fight as the last fight and, um, knowing that it could all be over at any moment. You know, I think I was always mentally and emotionally prepared for that, particularly after going through so many injuries and things like that. So it was, uh, I was on my third generation of fighters. Wow. You know, it got to a point where it's like, I'm helping everyone come up. No one's really helping me maintain where I'm at. It, it became very difficult to to maintain that focus throughout. And then with just kind of people falling off and other people retiring, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, um, kind of love and enjoyment of of just the camaraderie and you know grow going through this with with with, with all your boys and everything you know that kind of started falling away. So it was, you know it was a progressive kind of thing, and then um, it just kind of was like, all right, I'm gonna just do this last one. You know, I because I, I, I always wanted to have at least one more Muay Thai fight. Mm. You know, I was like. Yeah. Doing kickboxing is great, you know, it's fun and everything, but Muay Thai is my passion. It's everything that I love. So I always wanted to just be able to have one more. And, uh, you know, it's like you have to get, as Topic said, you got to give everything up to do this. And I'd, already, I'd given up so much of my life and gone through so many injuries and just devastating things, you know, the fact that I'm still, like, alive and healthy and have s- some brains left in my head. It was just just felt like the time I was like, am I still doing this to kind of uh, climb new mountains or am I just doing this because I love it? Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm always going to love it. Did like, you that's fe- never going to change. Did you feel like you accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish in this sport? Oh, yeah. Without question. Without mm-hmm. question. Um, so it, it did become a thing where like now I'm just fighting to fight because I just love the fight. Mm-hmm. But I'm always going to love the fight. So is it worth the sacrifice I have to put in to do this? And I. I was always like, you know, the three things that are going to make me retire is like, one, if I don't love it anymore, two, if I'm not willing to put in the work that it takes, because I think that's what happens with a lot of fighters is, of course, they want to fight. They keep fighting, but they don't keep pushing themselves like they need to, like they did before. Like, this is life and death. And if you're not willing to put in the life and death work, you should not be in there. Sheesh. Because it is life and death, whether you want to admit it or not. And, you know, regardless of how often that happens, you know, you are giving up your life to do this. So you better be putting in the work. So, yeah, for myself, I was like, it's just time. It's just time. I want to do one more. That's awesome, bro. Do do one more for me. And that's that's what I did. 
Okay. I have mm-hmm. a I have a question for for both of you guys, but Kevin, I, and I want to say this for everybody listening, but also to Kevin. Um you had asked the uh, was it me? I don't remember who asked the question right. about uh the 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 experience that they had and what it meant to them and why. And I think for me, um at least up until this point in my career, one of the experiences that I will always um remember was I remember training with you and and then you telling me like hey I think I think this next one is going to be my last one mm-hmm. and you know sparring with you and, and helping you for for that fight um just seeing like the same focus that from the years prior that I'd met you in training and um you know I knew that I wanted to be there for that fight I bought a ticket I flew out and I watched it and I remember watching the fight obviously I was disappointed in 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 you know the the end result but I remember just watching you in the ring telling everyone like hey you know this is this is my last fight and the the applause that you got the cheers that you got not only from the fans but from your opponent and you know I I remember like vividly sitting there remembering like this is what I want it doesn't matter about winning or losing or any of that shit it's like I want when I'm done for people to respect me the way that they respected you that day. Mm. So that's something I wanted to say for sure. Um, Fucking legend, bro. That's a legend. The question I have for you guys was, is there anyone that you haven't fought that you would have loved to fight during your career? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm pretty bummed Harrison and I never worked it out. There was a couple times we, we almost, we were almost supposed to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think once or twice we actually had it almost set and Mm. then, that would have been crazy. Ooh, that would have been nasty. <laughs> Boy. It was God. Always, it was always just one of those things. It was like it just never felt like it was in the cards. And, you know, of course, it's like, yeah, if both of us were like, we're not doing anything else other than this. Yeah, we could have made it happen. But yeah. you got to take uh, opportunities as they come because they might not ever come again, particularly in this sport when, right. when, you know, you can have fights and then all of a sudden you go on a streak of like six months without one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it didn't work out. And then... Uh, he was definitely one in uh, Cal Cal Fairtex or whatever his mm. name is. Yeah, now is, uh, <laughs> he was always someone on uh, particularly because he made that transition to K one and kickboxing. I was like, that'd be cool to do. I would love to do fight him in a Muay Thai fight, but but for a kickboxing fight, well, I was actually trying to get that lined up for my retirement fight. Okay. Oh, that's dope. That would have been sick too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tommy? Um, I was just I always wanted to fight Sanchai, and I got Ooh. a chance to fight Sanchai, so I'm happy with that. Outside of that, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I, uh, you know, there was anybody else that mm. uh, that stood out that I wanted to fight. It, it's always been whoever has the title and who I need to go go after to get to that point. You know, yeah. Uh, whether it's a title or you know somebody who's who's uh, gonna bring me up as far as uh, my skill level goes, um, but. Uh, I wanted to go over something that um, that Sunni said, mm-hmm. as far as uh, you you saying um, that you wanted you want to have that like kind of res- respect mm-hmm. after you're finished. Yeah, I I never want to I, I I never start off by saying like this is what you should be thinking, but this is just something that I think maybe there's other people out there with that same mentality. But um, as as far as like uh, thinking about having that respect when you're done or or thinking about like the legacy mm-hmm. for me it's always been 
I don't really give a shit about that, you know? That's fair. And the reason behind that is it 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 always it, it, it's always about what I think about myself instead of what other people think about myself. And not only that, if I give 100% of myself um to do something, then I know I'm going to be I'll I know I'm going to get that respect regardless. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's impossible not for you to get that respect if you've if you've made all these accolades and achievements, mm. you know, and then, and then also like, you know, I've had question asked, um, like what's like, what do you want your legacy legacy to be after you die? Right. I don't really care. I'm going to be dead. You know? <laughs> I have, I have nieces and, 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 uh, and I'm sure they're going to have kids. And then they so then they asked me like, well, don't you want your nieces to be proud? Not really. I just want my nieces to be alive. You know, <laughs> I don't care what they think about me because yeah. I'm not going to be alive anymore. Once I'm turned off, I'm turned off. That's yeah. it. But your legacy will be alive, I'm and sure, you sure accomplish so be, much. But it's not. But it's not something that I uh, that I think about. You know, I it's, feel you. It's about it's about what I'm. I'm alive now, so but, I care about what I do right now. And from now until I'm <laughs> 70, 80, 90, whatever, until I'm dead. You're in the president. I feel you, but. <laughs> But it's all good, bro. I mean, you you submitted your legacy already, brother. So you straight. Don't worry about yeah. anything else. You're good, bro. But for um, people people out there out there listening, not to really focus on on the end goal already. You mm-hmm. know, as far as yeah. focus on the end goal, but not that type of an end goal. Yeah, that type of an end goal only comes if you if you're if you if you've done something if you already done something with yeah. yourself it's you a know? Right. byproduct of exactly right absolutely By, yeah. exactly yeah yeah see, see what happens when you read books yeah. oh <laughs> shit man this is <laughs> this is yoda right here man got, shit man yo i got you know what i got vocabulary we got we got like 20 more minutes because we got to wrap it up because yeah. i know we, no, we can't one, one thing i gotta say i gotta say i love watching both of these guys because you know coming from behind them and and being on from the west coast but also competing on the east coast I had the honor of fighting on the undercards of both of these fighters. And the things they're saying today is the same thing I remember them saying 10 plus years ago, you mm-hmm. know, when we were all fighting on local shows and to see them continue to rise up and inspire the whole generation after them. I mean, kudos to you guys, man. You, yeah. We wouldn't be here without you. Same, Real same shit though, man. That. I know we play, we fucking around a lot on this podcast, but these guys are inspirational, man. We got a lot of respect for them, mm-hmm. and they deserve the respect because they achieved a lot and they helped a lot of people on the way. And they're pioneers of the sport, and they and they're 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 legends all day. So I, I appreciate you guys even coming on the show, um, Kevin. Um, well, I want to I want to I want to get into some interesting shit before you leave. We got so much shit to talk about, but we, I, there's some <laughs> things I want. To the public to know, Go ahead. you know, know I want to hear, no, 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 I, it ain't nothing crazy. I want to hear like some crazy stories. Huh? Okay. Um, well, I want to hear some crazy stories. Kevin, I know you was writing the book. Did that book ever drop? You ever drop that book? I'm not, I'm not cool. Yeah. No, not yet. Bro. <laughs> I'm working on it. Man. Bro. So Kevin, I know specifically he has some crazy fucking stories. Can we, can we? Talk about any those stories, or you want to save them for the book? We don't have to. Well, we can. They just they're they're in depth. You know, I mean. Can we, okay, but oh, bro, Kevin, you we gotta got to talk about China. You got yes, China. yes. See, Jason, Jason. Thank you, Jason. I can sum it up pretty. Thank you, Jason. Quickly, we have to talk about that China trip. We have to talk about that. I'll give you then, the cliff notes. Topic. We need to hear a crazy story. Crazy as can be. Yes, this is a crazy story, man. And we, Kevin, please take the take the floor, baby. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna give you cliff notes though. So you got you got to buy the book for the. Full oh, buy the book for sure. Oh, 
So I fought, uh, I went over to China and did uh, San Xiao fights back in 15 years ago. I never fought San Xiao before, but, it, you know, back in the day and just the way that I am, it's like, I'm going to fight any way that I can. If, if I can get a fight, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. So we went over there. Um, we, we're in like the middle of nowhere in the woods and uh, we go up and uh we're like i don't think there's a fight out here like we're in like one of the, you know those buses just me <laughs> anthony brown like two other people and, and the guy driving us i was like i think they're taking us out here to kill us because actually well the day before <laughs> i had knocked out like the head guy's kid who who fractured my skull and that's a whole nother part of the story but yes so i thought they were probably going to kill us which was highly likely at the time in the situation we were in but we ended up all right let's start hearing this noise so what's that noise and it's like Getting getting louder, louder. All of a sudden, you, like you can tell, there's drums. Like, doom, 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 doom. we pull up. There's this long driveway, lined with 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 people playing drums, um, and it was like this old uh, Chinese palace. It was uh, some straight out of like a Bruce Lee movie. And like we're we're driving down the path, and there's all these like Lexuses and nice cars, all these rich people. And I'm like, dude, this is some like blood sport. It was crazy. I man. love it. And the, the head guy looked just like, he looked like, uh, um, uh, what was the, the Chinese dictator guy's name? He looked like his brother and he was just kind of like standing up there. And it, it was, again, it was like straight out of a movie. And like, I tell people this and I'm like, this sounds so fake. Like, in, like it didn't happen shit happened it was it was <laughs> wild man so we go up um they kind of take us in the back uh, and they're like oh yeah well, the fight will probably be in a couple hours you guys just just hang out and relax and it was just there was just just bad bad energy going mm. on there man. i'm like this is just a bad situation man this whole situation is bad it, particularly after knocking that guy out the day before you know i knew, hey, knew my head oh, was he has a fl he has a, a fractured skull <laughs> keep in mind he has a fractured skull yeah I didn't, know, I didn't know it was fractured though yeah. um <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we'll probably fight in like an hour or two. Um, so we're sitting back there, and then like half hour later, they come bang on the door. All right, get your stuff on now. We're gonna go fight. What? What are we doing? <laughs> All right. So they like take us into a, uh, a, a like a, a. It was basically like a closet was our changing room. Like there was four of us in there, almost like shoulder to shoulder. Like we didn't have anything. We had to share gloves because they didn't have gloves for us. And. Uh, you know, I, I I really did think they were gonna kill me. They actually took a picture of, of looking out the window. I was like, well, this is where I'm gonna die, but it's, it's not so bad. Damn. There's worse. There's worse ways to go. And even walking out to the fight, or I wasn't so much worried walking out to the fight. It was after I beat that guy as well. When I was walking back, I'm I was just waiting to get like stuck in the back <laughs> of the knife. I'm like, cause the they fuck? could they could kill us out here. No one would know. No one knows where we are. Damn. We have no connection to anyone. Even if even if I yeah. escape this place, I have no concept of where I even am in the world, let alone the country. It's not like we're in a city where I could just like go and borrow somebody's phone. You know what I mean? And then yeah. uh, we actually ended up having to get snuck out of the city in the middle of the night. So they came, the the guy that was uh, kind of taking us around, he comes knocking on the door. He's like, "We have to go. We have to get out of here." Damn! They, they like snuck us out of the Damn. hotel and uh, yeah, snuck us out of the city. That's fucking crazy. That's the bro. cliff notes, though. So That's, go buy the book, man. It's way crazier. <laughs> yeah. It's way crazier. Go buy the book. You'll hear the whole story. It's way crazy. Super dope story. Topic: Tell him your craziest story that you you encountered fighting. Uh, well, there's there's a couple, but this one was about uh, twelve years ago in Thailand. 
and uh they all they all start overseas right always. <laughs> <laughs> i always tell people i'm like don't travel with me because something bad always happens <laughs> every time i've been overseas something bad has happened so it was uh, <clears throat> a couple of days before my fight and i actually have a picture of this but i don't want to show it because i don't want to give away mm. the camp um and it was a couple of days before the fight and so the promoter uh, it was like a, a few of the fighters that were going to fight within that week or within a couple of the days within each other. So he says, all right, let's 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 go uh, and get vitamins. I'm like, I mean, you can just hand me vitamins here. I'll just take them and drink them, you know. But no, he says, let's go uh, get vitamins. I'm like, all right, okay. So we go and we, and, and in Thailand, when you're like, you know, going, going to places and the camp doesn't have, if you're at a camp that's, you know, not like a huge camp. They'll just fit everybody on the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> mm. So you're out with a couple of these guys out in the uh, in the pickup truck, and you're driving down around Bangkok. So we get to this um, place, and from the outside, it looks like a small little clinic. Clinic, and we walk on the inside, and now it's starting to look like like a hospital, you know. But there's there's only a couple of rooms, and the lights are broken, and it literally looks like something out of a horror film movie <laughs> like uh you know like everything's so dirty the the tiles are like cracked dirty um and uh and this like lady comes out um and she must have been like i don't know 80 years old <laughs> and i don't even know how she's like standing on her legs like <laughs> she looks like she's barely holding on to life <laughs> damn and um and yeah, she gets one of the fighters to lay lay on the bed on the bed, and um, she whips out like this huge syringe. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so that's like the vitamins for them. Oh. Whatever, whatever helps you fight better. So right off right off the bat, I'm like, no, no way. I'm not. You're not, I'm not injecting me. <laughs> you're not injecting me. No way. Not only that, but they kept you reusing the same syringe. No. Oh, like stop, was, bro. Yeah, and there was there was about savage. I think, I think four other fighters outside of me, and uh, and yeah, I'm like freaking out already. Already, like I, I'm not ruining my life for this, you no. know. And they uh, they all end up getting injected, and I was like, no, no, no. And I just told them like, oh, I'm afraid of like syringes. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. do this. And that was it. I didn't end up uh, getting anything, but um, uh, yeah, that was that was like so crazy to me to, to experience yeah. that. But it's normal over there because um, uh, you know Muay Thai is not regulated regulated in that way where the, uh where they test you for drugs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. a lot of these camps do um use EPOs and whatever other uh you know performing it performance enhancing drugs they can mm -hmm. uh get their hands on and you know at some at some at some camps like they'll even do it openly in front of you they'll just inject themselves Shit. openly in front of you and to them it's like it's like candy you know like they, they, <laughs> they think like the more they do it the the better it's gonna the better effect that it's gonna be and you have no idea like what you're doing to your body you i know? take That's it crazy. Shit, fuck. give me some <laughs> before we give uh some that's good. First of all, the craziest part about that story is the fact that they use the same syringe on everybody. Yeah, That's man. wild. Yeah. If you get my balls bigger, I do it. I do it. Stop. Sorry. You need horse meat for that. Don't get in trouble, Before we get out of here, Kevin, why can I not 
find you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Every, Every time I type oh. in his name, hey. I have to type his whole Instagram name in. Free my boy Kevin Ross, man. <laughs> What's going on? I'm a, I'm a danger to society, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been shadow banned since like June, and they don't it's like. Been that long? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of it'll come and go. Sometimes they'll let it let it up for about a day or two, and then it'll go right back. So, and then you post something, and they're like, "Nope." Uh, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is dangerous to the world, and you know, talking about being healthy and yeah. working out, and they don't want people that cause they want them sick, fat, and stupid. Yeah, damn. My dude, Kevin Ross. Hey, free Kevin Ross, man. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to some people, man. <laughs> we gotta get some folks on Instagram. Yeah, go, man. I know some people on people. Yeah. I'm gonna free my boy Kevin Ross, man. He woke. You know, as black people say, he woke. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> at at the soul at uh, you can we can't even I'm telling tell his Instagram because you can't find him anyways. I was about to say go follow him. They, they put it it's right there on the. Oh, there you go. Hey, you ain't gonna be able to find him though. So you know, <laughs> you it's all good. You can find me if you type the whole thing in. But yeah. yeah, you can't you can't usually tag me in any stuff or mention me. Did they do that too, or you yeah. did that? You, like, That's, I didn't I, do I thought, that. <laughs> I just, I just, I just asked him the same thing because I was trying to tag you can, him. You, because you can stories. turn it off where people can't. No, tag I didn't you. do yeah. that. Damn, hey, man. I, I thought know. you blocked me, bro. No. I, I said, damn, I know Kev for all this time you blocked me. <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> just know what they you know what doing. Yeah. It's not me, man. I tried to tag him and I wasn't oh, able. You to. couldn't do it. No. Yeah. That's so crazy, man. We gotta wrap this show up, man, because these superstars got other things to do as well. You know, I mean, they got a life before we get out of here. Anybody? Ot, Kevin. Jason, you got anything you want to add? Anything you want to say? Oh, yeah. I just want to, you know, say thank you to everyone who, uh, you know, supported me throughout my career. Uh, My friends, training partners, Jason. Topic, you know, like, like, you know, he he always inspired me as well. So uh, I really appreciate all the love and support uh, through everything. Jason, nice. Okay. Man, I, I just want to say, man, I'm so excited to watch this show every week. I love what you guys are doing. Like, look at this. It's professional. So I, I can't wait to see you guys continue to rise. Continue to put the sport on the map. Appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for having me on and Kevin Ross, especially us together. This was this was great to do and uh, probably overdue. We should have probably done this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. But uh, thank you for having us on. Jason, is this you with your notifications going off like this? No. Man. What do you mean? I don't know. You know, you're a busy man over there. But yeah, uh, man. Calm down. Calm down. But once again, uh, we appreciate you're lucky you guys. I'm far away, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once again, we appreciate you guys for coming on. I know you guys are very busy. You, uh, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. You're traveling a lot. You took your time out to, to come kick it with some brothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and like I said, you're not just ordinary people. You know what I mean? You guys are fucking real respected and you accomplished a lot and Absolutely. you're superstars in the, on, in this uh, in this sport. So, it's man, I, it's special for us to come, for you guys to even take your time and come in and kick it with some brothers. You know what I mean? So, I appreciate you guys coming on the show Absolutely. for sure. Thank, Thank you guys you. for coming for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, are we good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Hey, you guys, this is the Boisterous Boys. This is episode number 28. And uh, whatever, give a fuck. We don't give a shit. <laughs> Kevin Ross, <Russell> topic. <laughs> Jason, and we out. <laughs>